and welcome to the Geeks at the Gates. This is one of our extra special COVID-19 distraction broadcasts. It's not a regular episode. We're doing it for fun. We're doing it for a bit of a laugh. And hopefully we can help distract you from having to stay in your house all day on furlough. So, yeah, we're going to try and keep it not sweary. If any swears happen to sneak through, uh, I will put a bleep track in. So if you have small or sensitive ears listening, it should be fine. Uh, What we're doing is we're having a bit of a quiz. And uh, normally... That would mean I would now be handing over to our geek pub quiz master, King of Geeks himself, Steve Dempster. But he's busy because he's a key worker. And not only is he working full time, he's actually working extra shifts. So I'm not doing that. Which meant that my next go to was Mrs. Geek Pub Quiz herself, Helen Dempster. But she's looking after two small children and is really busy because they can't go out. And it turns out if you get four year olds and infants locked in the house all day, There's lots of energy and it takes a lot of work. And so she's busy. So you're stuck with me. Yay! Joining me as willing participants in this, I'm not sure what I'm going to call it, this, this, this crazy cacophony of quizzing. We have over the internet on the other side of Skype, we have Hat. Hello, Hat. Hi, Reggie. The enthusiasm is almost overwhelming. I, I love that you just waved at me. It gave me deep joy. It genuinely did. Uh, for the benefit of the listeners, I'm on camera. Hat is not. But I did enjoy the wave. It's nice to see you. Uh, it's nice to... I actually, I am actually looking at a picture of you on in the top corner of my there screen. you go. Wearing aviator shades. I'm saying yeah. nothing. Um, <laughs> and also across the internet from me and across the sofa from Hat, because they're self-isolating together, because, you know, they're married. It's Liz. Hello, Liz. This is, I think, only the second podcast you've done that wasn't D&D related. Correct, yes. We need to get one more. What was the first one? Oh, it was the first one, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, cool. Let's do it. Yeah, more of that. Uh, And joining us for the very, very first time across the internet from all of us, we have the very wonderful Aidan McCaffrey. Hello, Aidan. Hello. Happy to be here. It's, it's really good to have you. Just because this is the first podcast you've been on, and I'm really sorry we're not all in the same room, but it is the first time you've been on. Uh, so, welcome. And um, what kind of geek are you, Aidan? Well, so I'm a comedian in my spare time, so I'm a bit of a comedy geek. Um, I really like... <laughs> I Basically, I'm really into Star Trek, Doctor Who, and films. <laughs> Film is a very broad one there. I feel so like we I'm can kind be of friends, geek- though. Yeah, exactly. So those are sort of my three geek areas. I've got a couple of geek holes in my uh, net, so I don't read comics, so I basically have to defer to Steve on all comic book things. And I've never owned a games console, so I don't understand any video game reference ever. Um, but I once said it worked. My friend got a Metal Gear Solid tattoo on his arm. And I went, oh, cool, Metal Gear Solid. Is that a car racing game? And uh, Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he laughed because he thought I was joking. And then another <laughs> friend who knows what I'm like had to step in and go, no, 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 that's Aiden asking a serious question. And I had to have it explained. It's a shoot-em-up, right, or something? Yeah, but essentially. I could name all the Doctor Who. I could name all the Starship Enterprises and their, their Starship class. So where I lack in some areas of my geek knowledge, I make up for elsewhere. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm happy to tell you that uh, I can certainly educate you in comics. Excellent. 
and Hat and Liz will very definitely be able to educate you in console games, although I couldn't because <laughs> the, my last console was a Dreamcast. Yeah, that's not bad. That's which which cool, may mean nothing to you, Aiden. But it means nothing. But a lot of listeners will be thinking, didn't that come out 20 years ago? And they'd be right. So, yeah, I'm not up to date. In I, I'm, I'm accidentally a retro gamer in that my console's 20 years old. Do you still have it? I do. <gasps> That's amazing. I haven't played it for okay. ages, but I, I've, I've got a real fondness for Echo the Dolphin. Oh, fantastic. That's brilliant. If only you were locked in the house for a long period of time, Reggie. <laughs> Actually, do you know what's, what's really ridiculous? And I... I'm going to throw this out to the to the to the listeners as well. Uh, get in touch with us. Uh, info at destinationvenus.co.uk. I'm locked in my house, and I properly am. I mean, my wife's on the most vulnerable register, so I I, I really can't go out. I'm busier than I've ever been. Yeah, <laughs> I've got so much to do. It's ridiculous. I wonder if I, how many because I know you you were saying something sim- along those lines. At yeah, it's wild. I'm more social now than I've ever been. It's oh, hilarious. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm on a, a, a kind of a random midweek pub quiz team via the internet. I've joined an additional D&D, well, we've joined an additional D&D group online. It's just like, it's kind of nuts how much stuff that we're doing regularly now, which we wouldn't do normally. And I find that kind of fascinating, to be honest. Yeah, it's weird. It's 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 almost like this thing is the ultimate triumph of geeks, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're yep. being massively social in a really antisocial way. <laughs> which works for me. And me, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. Okay, are we all ready? Yeah. Um, I've got three rounds for you. I'm going to be ask, asking you questions in turn. I'll explain each round as we go. But first, we have to decide the order of play. Who goes first? Who goes second? Who goes third? So, I... I that's exactly what I'm going to do. I've just realised I've left the damn things on, in, on the hall window ledge, so just bear with me one second while I go and get my die. <gasps> I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> Never has a DM been so oh, proud. <laughs> get some I happen to have one next to me because, of course, I do. In the D and D household, and I'm back. Okay, I have got three D twenties here. I'm going to roll them. Do we get to pick colours? Because I don't want to be the black ones. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to roll them all. I would like you to pick colours. So, okay then, hat. You can have red, you can have marble, or you can have black. Marble, please. Okay. Liz, you can have marble. No, you can have red or black. I'll have the black one, please. Carol. That was very brave. Aiden, are you cool with red? I think I have to be, right? Well, pretty much, because I'm actually not allowed to go and buy any more dye. <laughs> then I am cool with red. Awesome. Okay. Whoever, whichever colour is the highest number will be first, second will be second, and third will be th- and lowest will be third. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Awesome. Okay. And we're rolling. Okay. Huh? You were very, very, very right to go with the marble. You just rolled okay. a natural twenty. Yes. Um, Liz, you have to give two answers. <laughs> Liz, I regret that the black die is doing what the black die does. You have rolled a four. That's fine. And Aiden, the red die is all right. Actually, you rolled 18. Well, hey. So the, um, the order is Hat, Aiden, and then Liz. Cool. So 
Shall we start? Which spells Hal, which oh my is a lovely geek reference oh my from God, our initials. Wow. Okay, well, that augurs well. Okay, yeah. shall we make a start? <laughs> With round one. Round one is our straight-up quiz round. I will ask each of you questions in turn. There are three questions each in this round. They're in a random order, decided by the order in which I thought of the questions. So you may know the answers, you may not. There's probably no way to work this out if you don't already know. <laughs> We're starting with you. Yep. Question one. Which Buffy episode was the first to feature the character of Faith? Oh, I should say, there are five points for a correct answer. There are two points for a correct answer if you need a hint. Um, I believe that that is an episode called Faith, Hope and Trick. That's truly impressive. Yes, it was. Um, Buff- I, I, Buffy is kind of my specialist subject. It is a bit, I know. I, 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 may be, I may be putting in, like, pings and stuff to indicate correct answers in post. Cool. Um, so if I do that, I didn't do that. That will have just gone ping. Because that is correct. Faith, open trick. Uh, so, Hat, you have five points. You are off the board. Okay. Aiden. Hello. Oh, I should say, this, is, this, this entire round is Joss Whedon themed. Oh, cool. I'm a terrible quiz show host. I should have said that <laughs> right at the beginning. Um, Steve, come back. We oh, Steve, we miss you so much. <laughs> Aiden. Apart from X-Men, Joss Whedon also wrote a series of comics... For which youthful Marvel superhero team? Youthful superhero Marvel super team. Yes. Yes. This is a comic series featuring a young superhero team that Joss Whedon wrote for Marvel. Okay. I don't really know. I'm going to guess Fantastic Four. That's a good guess, but it's not right. Okay. For a bonus point, and this is where you do get to shout, bing, um, if you know the answer, for a bonus point. Hat or Liz, apart from the X-Men, Just Whedon also wrote a series of comics for which youthful Marvel superhero team? Oh, well, I think I've just figured it out. Uh, Ping, is it Young Avengers? Oh, no, no it's not. Mind. And you're going to kick you know yourself. What? You are absolutely going to kick yourself. It's at. Runaways, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was my second choice. Damn it. <laughs> oh, you should have gone with it. You could have had a bonus yeah. point. Never mind. <laughs> Not to worry. You are still ahead for what it's worth. Liz. Hello. Sticking. Remember, this is a Joss Whedon-themed round. What place do Natasha and Clint remember very differently? Just to point out, I'm going to be really bad at this thing. <laughs> um, and secondly, may I have a clue, please, Carol? You may. Natasha is commonly called Natasha Romanov but only by people who don't speak Russian because she would be Romanova. Indeed. Clint is often known as Hawkeye. When they're not calling Natasha Natasha, they're calling her Black Widow. Cool. And what was the original question? <laughs> and the question is, what place do the Black Widow and Hawkeye, Natasha Romanova and Clint Barton, remember very differently? And there are people all around the internet screaming at their device right now. Which I'm so happy for them, but I genuinely <laughs> do not know what the answer is. I'm really sorry, Bing. people. Okay, I'm going to throw it open. Bing. Aiden, you were first. Budapest. Budapest. 
Natasha and Clint remember Budapest very, very differently. Back in the game. <laughs> this okay. is why we should be on the team. So you can do all the answers for me. <laughs> and I'll just sit and look pretty and drink wine. That's... Oh, you this is what I mean when wine. I say my comic knowledge, zero, but films, a bit uh-huh. better. I've just demonstrated in those I last two questions. Demonstrated beautifully. Thank you. <laughs> okay. That's our first round. And if we're going to go with scores, Hat is in the lead with five points. Aiden is second with one point, And Liz has yet to score. And that's going to be a running theme throughout this <laughs> podcast. Oh, ye of little faith. According to the label on the case, Hat, we're back with you. Mm-hmm. What's uh, this round theme? It's a Joss Whedon round. Oh, still, same, same. Okay, cool. I'm good. Yeah. Now, the, the, all of these questions are, are Joss Whedon themed. It's something whedon versy. Okay. okay, cool. So, according to the label on the case, what should you not do with Wonderflonium? Uh, eat it? It's a good answer. It's not right. This is possibly the most obscure question in the round, to be fair. Yeah, wow. Um, does anybody want to ping in for a bonus point? Ping. Uh, just a guess. Uh, drink it. Again, not right. Can I have a ping? You, you can ping in. Go to sleep with it. Also not right. You should not bounce it. Oh, okay. Bouncing Wonderflonium. Very bad. What, what is that from? Can I ask? Um, In terms of Whedonverse? Uh, Dr. Horrible. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. That explains why I have no idea. Have you not seen the whole... Oh, oh. No. I, I was about to give away an answer there for a second. <laughs> yeah. D- don't do that. I'm don't really bad that. at this. <laughs> Steve! Okay, Aiden. Yes. Who was Joss Whedon's co-writer... For the cabin in the woods. I know this. God damn it, I know this. Ah, I think I might have to hurry you. Okay, can I have a, the clue? Yes. It's the same first name as a girl who was in E.T. Okay, so it's Drew Goddard? Absolutely spot on. That's two points. Come on. Nicely worked out. Okay, and Liz. Hi. Buffy fan, yes? Yep. How do you feel about Angel? It's got a good intro soundtrack, got to be honest. Real good. That cello. It's it's very good cello. One of my favourite cello pieces, Mm -hmm. to be fair. This is an Angel question, and that's not a clue. Who replaced Eve as the liaison to the senior partners of Wolfram and Hart? I want the character name, not the actor. Who was the what to the... So who replaced Eve... As the liaison to the senior partners of Wolfram and Hart. So Eve was the senior liaison, or was the liaison to the senior partners of Wolfram and Hart. Eve was replaced, but by whom? God damn it. Um, I want to say Dala, but it's probably not right. Are you saying Dala? I will say Dala. That's not right. Yeah, okay. Does anybody want to ping? Uh, uh, is it Angel? Was that a ping? Ping! Yeah, I'm pinging. It wasn't pinging. Angel. It was, in fact... I think anywhere past season three, and I'm struggling, honestly. <laughs> I kind of got stuck on... It's, it is Dala and Drew, right? 
yeah, yeah, I kind of got stuck on that, and that's all I can remember from that time. Yeah, it was Marcus Hamilton. Oh, that's season one, right? That's early, early on. I think so, although it's a long time since I've watched Angel. Yeah, I feel like that is really early on. Wow, that's some obscure knowledge there. I, I confess that some of this was researched by Google. <laughs> cool. Okay, so no points there. So, we have Hats still in the lead with five. We have Aiden. Ow. Catching slightly on three. And Liz, still yet to score, but there's plenty of time. And it's still all to play for. <laughs> so, Hat. Yes. Which main cast member of Buffy the Vampire Slayer did not voice their character in the 2002 Buffy the Vampire Slayer video game? So which member of the cast didn't do voice work for the video game in 2002? Um, I think I might have to hurry you. Sorry, yeah, I'm between two in my head and I can't decide. Is it Sarah Michelle Gellar? It is Sarah Michelle Gellar, which I think is probably not terribly surprising. Not, not massively. My other, my other one I was kind of on the fence with was uh, Anthony Stewart. So they were the two Why? that I thought probably wouldn't have done it. Why didn't Geller do the do the video game? Think too busy. I think she's too busy being Sarah Michelle Geller. It was a very right. good game. Uh, at the end of the day, I think she was she not filming all the um, I know what you did last summers and Cruel Intentions and all that kind of stuff yeah, around that time. She's, she's she never, got a bit big. She was a bit famous. <laughs> she's never really gone back to Buffy either, has she? I mean, she doesn't do conventions no. or anything. So um, no. I think, she and she was... never, she very rarely appeared in like Angel and stuff. Like as the seasons mm. went on, um, it was one of those situations where you just sort of see her from behind, from a distance, um, and stuff <laughs> like that. It was like, okay, that's not her. That's a random body double. Or she'd, they'd visit off screen and stuff like that. So mm. she never was really, yeah. She when she left, she left. Fair yeah, I think that's fair enough. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, Liz. Um, Hello. Oh, no, hang on. It's not. No, no it's, it's Aiden. It's Aiden next, isn't it? I keep getting this How? wrong. How? Uh, Aiden. In the commentary for The Avengers, or if you want to go with the UK title, Avengers Assemble, which scene did Joss Whedon state he would have been proud of it, even if he'd done nothing else at all for the previous two years? So it's his best scene in The Avengers, basically. Um... This is the first Avengers film. Um, yeah, this is the first Avengers film. So Avengers, Avengers Assemble, whatever you want to call it. Okay. So this is sort of a bit of an educated guess. I think it's the scene after Jeremy Renner has been... They've taken the control, Loki's mind spell off him. Mm-hmm. And he's having, a heart, he's having a heart-to-heart with another character. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I'm pretty sure is Black Widow. Is that it? Is that the one? I know the scene you mean. It's not the scene that Joss Whedon said he was proudest of. I was trying to be counterintuitive because I know he's really into the whole farm sequence in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe just two characters talking oh, would be... I'm totally following your logic, but it's, it's not right. Does anyone want to ping? Ping. Is it the post credit sequence in the uh, shawarma bar? <laughs> now, you see, I think it should be because that's my favourite scene in the whole movie. Yeah. But it's not that either. Good. Liz, do you want a ping in? No, I'm good. But thank you. <laughs> Could it okay. be? I mean, I've probably, I've probably sacrificed my points now. Um, unless I can try and get it with a clue. Oh, now, how strict do I have to be with the rules? Because now I think... You could, roll, you, you could roll a d20, and if it's higher than a 10, 
the DM speaks. I was going to say, now that is a dungeon master talking (laughs) right there. Okay, I'll tell you what. If this comes up higher than a 10, I will give you a clue. It's a five, I'm afraid. Can I say the other thing that I think it would have been, even though I don't get any points? Go for it. Could it just be the whole sequence in the on the on the helipad where they kind of lose their shit and they do the whole you know billionaire playboy millionaire philanthropist all that jazz is that the scene no oh fair enough so i'm kind of glad actually because it although it doesn't mean i have to put a bleep rack in now but um i'm kind of glad because it would have been horrible if that had been right and you wouldn't have got any points it's actually quite low brow i'm going to give you a clue now and see if you can get it Okay. Puny God. It's the smashing, oh, isn't it? It's yeah. the smashing of Loki, which was my other thought, but like I thought <laughs> it was too lowbrow as a it's, choice. It's Hulk smashing Loki, and honestly, yeah. I love that scene. I do. I think right. it's great. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough question, that, because there were so many good scenes in that film. You could even argue that almost every scene is good in that film. It's so tight. It's really, really good. It is beautifully put together. Yeah, it's, it's very, very good. That line, though, is very remin- very reminiscent of Buffy's lines in Buffy, and to be fair, the whole cast of Buffy. Yeah, it's, very, it's very Weedness-type yeah. line and the timing of it. So, yeah, that kind of It is. It's extraordinarily Weedness, like, isn't it? I haven't seen the t- a lot of his TV shows. Isn't it right that he has a habit of undermining big villain speeches? Oh, yeah. Oh, they, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's just like <laughs> chip into massive monologue. They, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, I'm just having a little panic because I think the recorder's just dropped. Oh, no, it hasn't. It's okay. <sighs> Gosh, that was scary. I hate technology. It makes life so difficult. Um, right. Okay, we have one more question left in this round, and it is obviously for Liz. <laughs> and I've managed to make all the questions disappear off my screen because I'm terrible at this. Uh, I mean, Reggie, to be fair, you're not going to be as terrible as I am at answering questions, so I really wouldn't put yourself down too much, to be honest. <laughs> Okay, now, to be fair, and I'm really sorry, I'm genuinely really sorry, this is quite an obscure one. Great, cool, hit me with it. In Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog... Oh, that thing I've never seen in my life, yeah, cool. (laughs) What organisation does Penny volunteer for? Um, The uh, Society of um, Songbirds for OAPs. That is a truly fantastic answer. It's not correct, but it I is would not really be fantastic. Able to help, I would not be able to help with, with a clue either. I'm very, very sorry. Does but if wanna... anyone would like to ping, Does please anyone want to do. Ping? Is that Felicia Day's character? That is Felicia Day's character. Cool, that's my entire Doctor <laughs> Horrible knowledge uh, expended in that one comment. <laughs> How have you not seen Doctor Horrible sing-along blog? I... Just, I missed it somehow. I, oh, it was one of those cultural so touchstones that good. just passed me by. Steve yeah. showed me it about 10 years ago, and I can't remember anything about it other than it's got some other actors that I it's like. Got, well, it's got, um, okay. uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Nathan Fillion. And, it does um, indeed. It's, it's Nathan Fillion. It's um, Doogie Howser. Patrick, what's it? That guy. <laughs> yeah, it's... You need to you need to watch it, guys. You need to watch it. It's very, very, very funny. It's probably the funniest thing that Joss Whedon's ever done. I like to think I did well on that question. I think you did really well. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. <laughs> no Firefly questions, Reggie? Uh, not in this round. Okay. There will be some, but not in this round. Spoilers. Okay. Um, no. I can tell you, since nobody's pinging in, 
Is anybody pinging? No pinging. No pinging. No. She works the Caring Hands Homeless Shelter. Oh, you were nice. really close. <laughs> and I can also tell you, because it's not an answer to a question later on, that Captain Hammer's fists are not the hammer. And lots of people have now got that reference and are chuckling like children because it's Good. a very childish joke. Good. And I'm sure Steve is, Steve is chuckling away at home to himself while we listen to you confused. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not explaining that one. It's, uh... So, yeah, so that's the end of round one. Um, it was a very successful round for Hat, who is in the lead with 10 points. It was a, it was a less successful round for Aiden, uh, who is in second place with three points. And it was not a great round for Liz, who has yet to score. I'm not very good at quizzes. I probably should have mentioned that before. I... Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next round is designed so that everybody can get points because all shall have prizes. Essentially, this is a multiple choice round. There will be no clues, but you will be presented with four possible answers, and you will only need to pick one. Okay. There will be two points for a correct answer, but an incorrect answer will cost you a point. Oh, I don't like that. So, you know, think before you speak. And again, we're starting with hat. Okay. Because hat's first. Mm-hmm. And so, movies. O.J. Simpson was originally considered for this role, but was passed over because producers thought, and I'm quoting now, people wouldn't have believed that a nice guy like O.J. could play the part of a ruthless killer. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. What was the role he was passed over for? Was it Freddy Krueger in Nightmare on Elm Street? Was it the Terminator in Terminator? Was it the Predator in Predator? Or was it Khan in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan? I'm going to go with Predator. Okay. Bing, 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 bing. That is not correct. For an extra point, does somebody want to ping in, Aiden? Ping, 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 ping. Go on. The Terminator. That is correct. That is an extra point to Aiden. Wow, really? That's wild. Can you imagine what a different film that would have been? Yeah. It was nearly Lance Henriksen as well who is actually in the film as one of the cops. He He's is. quite a weedy guy. He dies spectacularly. Yes, he does. God, that's crazy. So, yeah. I think, to be honest, I think we all dodged a bullet there. Mm. Yeah, a little bit. And I'm not doing any jokes about O.J. Simpson. No, no, no. doesn't no, no. deserve it. <laughs> okay, Aiden, 50s and 60s heartthrob Rock Hudson walked out of the first screening of this sci-fi classic, exclaiming, Will somebody tell me what the hell this is about? Was that film 2001, Tron, Zardoz, or Silent Running? I don't know this, but it's got to be 2001 in a space odyssey, right? Just because, I mean, I love that film, but let's face it, what the hell is going on there? So that's my answer, 2001 <laughs> a space odyssey. And that is correct. That is two points. Ah, oh, nicely done. Thank you. Okay, Liz. Liz is not here right now. She's had to take the dog out for a second out the front door. So uh, I'm afraid. That sounded like the dog was back. The dog is back. Yes, Liz is not. Two seconds. Sorry. Has the dog put Liz out, sort of Flintstone style? It's entirely possible. (laughs) That's cool. Radio Gold. I know, right? Oh, dear. It's that time of the evening, you know, when the dog starts to get up and pace. 
they go complete pain. I get you. Yeah, you've witnessed it many times. I have. How is she? Is she all right? <laughs> She's good. She's small. She's very. She enjoyed the sun today. It was a really nice day. It's a lovely it's day. Lovely. We had a little sort of lay down and a drink in the garden today. It was great. Delightful. I planted I, plants. I cleaned patio chairs so that I could sit on them and read a book. So I much, went into work for an hour and a half and then left. So much God. productivity. I know. So much productivity. Ah, we have Liz. Let me just pass her headphones and she can come and answer her question. This is going to be such I a... have been here all this time. I, you never went anywhere. Where? No. And, and through the magic of post-production, you won't have been. <laughs> so that's cool. That's amazing. <laughs> okay. So, Liz. Reggie. Your question. The spaceship from Close Encounters of the Third Kind features mm-hmm. an upside-down model of which robot? Does it feature an upside-down model of R2-D2? Is it Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet? Is it IG-88 from The Empire Strikes Back? Or is it Marvin the Paranoid Android from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy TV Show? I'm going to go with D. You're going with D? Marvin the Paranoid Android? Correct. It's an inspired choice. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's not correct. Does that mean that Liz is now on minus one point? Oh my, that's fun. Cool. (laughs) Um, So I I do have to deduct a point, I'm afraid. (laughs) But if you watch, if you watch First Encounters of the Third Kind closely, and I recommend you do because it's brilliant. um, Watch it, right? (laughs) The the big spaceship from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Do not get to ping in. Oh, I completely forgot that people would ping. Who would like to ping? Ping. Hey, Um, is it R two D two? It is R two D two. Yeah. See, I was going to say that, but I was like, it can't be R2-D2. He shows up in a lot of things. I think he's in, um, yeah, he's in the Star Trek film from 2009. Apparently there's a shot among some space debris in which R2 floats by. He just gets inserted into stuff. Yeah, he's in, lots of people. he's in um, Raiders of the Lost Stars. Ark. No, yes, yeah, yes. he's in Raiders, yeah. In the, um, in the, the scene with the snakes, R two D two and C three PO are in the hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics, yeah, yeah. Ah, nice. And the um, the club is Club Obi Wan as well, isn't it? It is in Temple of Doom. Yes, in it Temple is. Temple of Doom. Well, the one in the, in the beginning of the film. Yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. Look out for that. Yeah, there's lots see. of fun little moments like that. And the in the in the early in the prequel Star Wars, they had a whole delegation of ETs as well. They do. They oh, did, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah in the Senate. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of those fun little crossover. Doesn't make you hate the, sequ- the, the prequels any less? No, not at all. But it's nice to know that. <laughs> Although I've softened towards fun the prequels now. Um, yeah. I will actually watch the prequels if they're on the telly now it all depends which one it is though i've sort of i've sort of hardened on attack of the clones but attack of the clones is without question the worst of all of them truly i think i I think i still hate sith more but i always disliked sith so but phantom menace is a not a good great film but there's sort of bits in it that are quite quite fun i think you have a very different idea of fun than i do Hey, the pod race is good. The Jewel of the Fates is good. That's it. Do you know what? Genuinely, absolutely genuinely, I went to the midnight screening 
of Phantom Menace at the Odeon in Harrogate. And I came out of the film not completely hating it. I didn't completely hate it until I'd thought about it for a bit. But I did come out of the film thinking that the pod race was essentially a really long advert for a video game. <laughs> what a video game, though. And, pod racing uh, in the Lego Star Wars video game is the most irritating thing <laughs> in the whole thing. I think I saw that film when I was... Well, I know I saw that film when I was 14 years old. And there was a bit of... If you liked big science fiction with amazing special effects, like fantasy science fiction, there just wasn't anything like that around. So I actually really took to it as a 14-year-old. As an adult, I can see all the things that are wrong with it. But I do have a soft spot for various aspects of the film. And to be honest... Which I, I think by the, by the time Revenge of the Sith came out, I was an adult and I was a bit like, ah, yeah, this, this is dog <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, you see, I, I, I actually Sith. I don't Sith. I think is the least weak of the of the prequels, but your mileage may vary. But I think your point is is a good one, and it's something that a lot of people need to take to heart. Which is, you're a kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the films were made for you. Yeah, 100%. I was not a kid. They None were not made for me. Yeah. So actually, the fact that you liked them and I didn't is fine. Totally. Exactly. And exactly. A lot of people need to learn that lesson that it's okay to not like bits of a thing if they weren't made for you. A hundred percent. They absolutely weren't made for you. It's not a problem. You weren't supposed yeah. to like it. If you happen to like it, that's a bonus. But you're not who they were made for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the prequels were not made for me. And I don't like them. And that's fine. <laughs> it doesn't make them terrible. It doesn't make me a terrible fan. They're just not for me. Exactly. So, yeah. Huh, well, that went off on a bit of a tangent. And no one ever said anything ever again about the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> After Reggie's final words. Yeah, I, as a great Ugnaught once said, I have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink to that. Uh, oh, me too. Okay, I've lost where we are now. Whose question was that? Was that, was that Aiden's question? Well, I believe I was winning, Reggie. <laughs> Liz is on minus one point. <laughs> Liz, uh... you are always a winner to me. That was Liz's question, so I think we're back to no. the top of the round, whatever, whatever round we're on. Okay. Well, this, yeah, of course, yes, so this makes this your question, here. Oh, good Lord. Okay. Oh, I'm no, quite I'm proud of this one, actually. I quite like this question. There was the Terminator question, right? And then there was the Star... There was the, the Close Encounters question. Yeah, yeah, and the Close Encounters question was Liz's. So yeah, we're back to we're back to we're back to we're back to hat. We had a bit of a tangent on this. I'm very proud of this question. Okay, this took this took some diligent research. So make sure you get it right, hat. (laughs) By which I by which I mean I totally stumbled on this and was both appalled and unsurprised by the answer to this question. In the original script of this sci-fi classic, all of the women were topless. (laughs) Was it? Planet of the Apes, by which I mean the original Planet of the Apes, Robocop, Avatar, or Mad Max? Oh, Jesus, that's a hard choice, honestly. <laughs> I, well, I hope so. The cause... 80s were a time. <laughs> like, uh, I'm going to say Mad Max. I'm going to go with that feeling like an 80s vibe. Uh, you're going for the low-budget, independent Australian film. <laughs> yeah. That's not a crazy, that's not a crazy decision. It's not, is it? It's wrong. But it's wrong. But it's not crazy. (laughs) Does anybody want a ping in? Ping. Aiden. Um, Is it Planet of the Apes? It is 
Planet of the Apes. That was choice number two. That was I didn't actually know two. that, but I just because all the women in that they're like in cages, so it would kind of it would actually yeah. kind of make sense. Deductive I, reasoning took me there second, definitely. I've got to be honest. I put RoboCop in there because I figured it was directed by Paul Verhoeven. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it but, might be the only film Verhoeven made with no naked women in it. I think it might be actually. Um, so I mean, afraid... Starship Troopers has a gratuitous shower scene. It's true, actually. It does. Oh, well, to be fair, that's equal. Well, the men are naked in that as well. Yeah, the men. So it's very equal opportunities that one. Uh, that means Aiden, you've gained a point, and Liz, uh, sorry, Hat. No, Liz, I have lost a point. point. Liz, I'm afraid you no Hat. For God's sake. It... It's definitely me. It's been a very long day. Hat, you have lost a point. Do I gain the point that Hat loses? (laughs) Can I say again, I'm really good at quizzes, Reggie. Thank you so much for allowing me to participate. I'm just going to observe that you volunteered. (laughs) (laughs) I volunteered to be part of a team. (laughs) Okay. Okay, this is Aidan's question. It is. While filming Predator... This actor was so cold during the Sub-Zero night scenes that he got drunk on set trying to warm up with liquor. Was that actor Carl Weathers, currently doing sterling work in The Mandalorian, I have to say, Jesse the Body Ventura, Bill Duke, or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Um, I've got no idea, so I'm just going to have to guess Bill Duke. Okay. uh, Genuinely following your logic... Um, but it's wrong. So does anybody want to ping in? Ping. Arnie. Yes. I love that you could tell it was me from my ping. Arnie. It was. Was it? Yes. It was. Because who else? Back to zero point. Yes. Who else? That's all I wanted. Can, I, I can sleep can, easy tonight. Who else can bring alcohol onto the set of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Nobody else was going to get away with that. The only person who could possibly get away with drinking on set was Arnie. And it was I'm indeed guess- him. He, uh, I'm guessing... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, go I'm guessing we've all seen the video of Arnie and his pet horses. Is it no. Arnie? Yes. <sighs> They're wonderful. Oh, He's yes. feeding his, his um, pygmy horse. I don't know what they are. I don't... Or a donkey. I think they're shell ponies or... Yes. Might be Donkey. One of them's called Lulu, I think. Yeah. Um, do you know what? There weren't going to be show notes for this episode, but the video <laughs> of this is in the show notes now. Good. Yes, do it. Yeah, wow. I've just Googled it, and the top headline is Arnold Schwarzenegger and his tiny horses urge people to stay at home. Exactly. That's the one. <laughs> it's quite and I have to say it's effective because I'm going to stay at home in case I meet Arnold Schwarzenegger and his tiny horses. Tiny, tiny, tiny ponies. Oh dear. And here's one for you, Lulu. I love him. Okay, next question. This is for Liz. You're back to zero points. I am. So it's all to play for here. Two points on offer. That's more than I've ever had. In which Star Trek film did the producers cast male strippers as the henchmen? Or was it Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, or... Star Trek Generations. Ooh, I want to say Star Trek 2. Are you sure? From the way that you've said that makes me doubt myself, and therefore, yes, I am sure. (laughs) 
And you are right to be sure, because that is correct. That's two points. I was going to let telepathically willing you to say it as well. Yeah, no, they, like, um, oh. they hired Chippendales <laughs> to be the henchmen yeah, for Khan. In my head, I could just see Khan with that spectacular mullet. And I was like, it has to be. <laughs> gotta be. He had the hair for it. Does that mean I'm plus points? You have two points. I am no longer nil point. You I am no, no longer, longer nil- minus. No longer no point. You are you are on the board. Today's a good day. Over to you, Reggie. Okay, so we're back to hat. We are on the set of Ghostbusters. Dan Aykroyd frequently referred to Slimer as the ghost of this portly actor. Was it John Belushi, Benny Hill, Batty Arbuckle, or John Candy? On the set of Ghostbusters. On the mm, set okay. of Ghostbusters. And we're talking the the, the actual Ghostbusters. Originally, yeah, 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 yeah. Not, the first one. Not Ghostbusters 2 and not the reboot. No, no. So the original Ghostbusters. I'm just doing some mental maths as to time to death. So what are my choices again? John Belushi, Benny Hill, uh, Fatty Arbuckle, John Candy. I, oh, it's weird. This one's a tough one because I'm thinking Blues Brothers and that makes me feel like, oh, maybe not. But then I'm going to just say Belushi. And you're right. Yeah, that was the good logic. It was the good logic. I feel like John Candy was still alive when they he made was. Ghostbusters. He was. Yeah. And until about 94, 95. Yeah, yeah, to be sure. fair. Yeah, no, um, John Belushi obviously was a great friend of Dan yeah. Aykroyd's. Um, yeah, that was what I was thinking. And he had died fairly recently at that point. He was about 81 or 82, and, he was, and I think the role of Venkman was written for Belushi. I, that is in my notes. Yeah, no, the wow. uh, Bill yeah. Murray's role, Peter Venkman, was supposed to be John Belushi. Well, uh, that would have been a very but, different film, wouldn't it? God. Wouldn't yeah. it just? Yeah, I'm not sure it would have worked quite as well, to be honest. No. <laughs> I agree. Except it would have been very, very different. Yeah. yeah. Belushi, a lot of that film is based around Murray's very particular comic energy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They, they, they did a script read-through. Um, they do these script read-throughs in L.A. where they'll actually just get modern actors to redo a famous script and they'll do it live in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. And they did sort of did Ghostbusters with people like, um, it was people like Seth Rogen playing Ghostbusters and stuff. Mm. And one of the things they discovered from that was that <laughs> all of Venk- pretty much all of Venkman's dialogue is improvised by Murray. He just made one mm. all up on set. Uh, Cause actually, uh, yeah, it, it was written differently in the script. Yeah. No, famously um, yeah. Bill Murray, I suspect he's a nightmare to work with, actually. He's a, a really strange guy. There are so yeah. many stories about Bill Murray. About, you know, he, he sort of randomly crashes people's parties and stuff. And people let him get away with it because he's Bill Murray. And that's Wild. Bill frickin' Murray. Yeah. He's, I, I suspect he's a genuinely frustrating person to know. But, hey, he's Bill Murray, so what do I know? Okay, uh, so now we are, this is, I've lost track of where I am now. Whose question Aiden. is this? It's Aiden's turn, because it was me, and it's Hal. No, that was you. So, just Aiden, have to think. Aiden, it's your question. So, KY Jelly and Shredded Condoms were two okay, items. I just nearly snorted water all over my computer. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> KY Jelly and Shredded Condoms were two items used to make the baddies in this sci-fi horror film, was it Alien, Night of the Living Dead, 28 Dies Later, or Tremors? KY Jelly and Condoms, did you say? I did say that. Can't quite believe I said that, but I did say that. 
I'm pretty sure it's Alien. Are you sure you're sure? No, but that's my answer. Final answer? Yes. Because it's correct. <laughs> yep, when the alien dribbles all that stuff, that's KY Jelly. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Of course that's it is, yeah. Jelly. Yeah. The viscosity of that situation <laughs> is viscosity something. Is a good word. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this is Liz's question. Cool. He-Man's Battle Cry was by the power of Grayskull. Just she... do that again for me, Reggie. No. <laughs> She-Ra's equivalent was by the power of the Crystal Castle for the honour of Grayskull, by the wings of Eternia, or I claim Grayskull's power. That would be number two. You're going with for the honour of Grayskull. For the honour of Grayskull. And that is correct. That's two points. Hooray. See, Flashy we watch she in this house. So <laughs> that, that helps. Okay. That puts you up to four points. I'm so excited. And Hat, we're coming back round to you. We are indeed. What was the Joss Whedon produced internet only musical series starring Neil Patrick Harris as an evil oh. mad scientist? That's. I just know that. That's Dr. Horrible's sing-along log. <sighs> Which I've never seen. Do you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go through the options anyway. <laughs> okay. Was it Dr. Horrible's karaoke, <laughs> Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, Dr. Horrible's musical hour, or Dr. Horrible's choral club? Sing-along blog. It, it, it was, and yeah, okay, just for knowing the answer. Fine. I, I put, think you should get half points. I put hours into this. Sorry, I just I remembered <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris's name and who he is and the poster for it, but I've still never seen it. Oh, it's really good. You've got to see it. It's so good. I can see the cover of the DVD like in my head from seeing it's, it in shots. It's, and I it's, just vaguely, even... it's vaguely tragic, but it's really good. Yeah, yeah. I will get round to it. I will add it to my list. Okay, Aiden, we're back to you. On October Hello. 30th, 1938... The Orson Welles adaptation of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds created public panic when a fake newscast described an alien ship landing in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Grover's Mill, New Jersey, St. Louis, Missouri, or Norwalk, Ohio. Oh, I should know this. Uh, say him again, so, please. It was Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Grover's Mill, New Jersey, St. Louis, Missouri, or Norwalk, Ohio. Let's go with four, because I think all over the world, a lot of it's quite rural, isn't it? So I'm just going to guess four. It is, and that's a really good guess. Hey! <laughs> it's wrong, but oh. it's a really good guess, based, I have to say, probably on some knowledge of War of the Worlds. Can I ping? You can ping. Can I ping? Yeah, I think it's um, Grover's Mill, New Jersey. And you are correct. Yeah. It is Grover's Mill. And the way you had said, you made it sound like I'd got it right. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, he is a cruel, wrong. cruel man. <laughs> um, and it is a remarkable, I've, I've, I've somewhere on cassette, because I've had it that long, I've got this so broadcast. Do I, on cassette. And it's really good. Yeah. Well, and it, it was convincing enough for the American public to think it was real, so that doesn't surprise but it, me. But it is. You know, bearing in mind, at the time, people were used to just... The radio didn't lie to you, and the news didn't lie. No one would believe it now. I, I know. It seems strange now, but 
And so Donald Trump would be like, that's fake news, people. There's no aliens. Fake news. Fake news. You know, he really wouldn't. He'd be totally saying that the aliens were coming and we needed to build a wall or something. Um, a space wall. <laughs> I can't do the accent. Um, it, it is. I, I can totally see how people were taken in by it. I can. I really can. It, you know, it, it's easy yeah. to look back from our 21st century perspective and go, oh, what a bunch of idiots. But, yeah, it was presented as fact. It was presented but as it's a like news the whole, report. It's like when they showed the first footage of, like, a train coming towards a camera in, like, 1900, and people ran. It seems stupid, but if you've, if you've you no idea... But you a train what, coming towards you. Yeah, of course you, you got you, that away. Yes. Up till that point in history, if you saw a train coming towards you, it could only be a train coming towards you. Yeah. Whereas all of a sudden, there's this new moving image. So it's, it's, it does it, kind of make sense. It's, it is. It is completely rational, and we totally shouldn't take the Mickey out of people from eras before our own. Oh, you know, it, it's comparable in some ways to the idea of like touchscreens in Star Trek when we were kids, and it's like, okay, that exists now, but that technology at the time was so completely wild mm. that we just couldn't we couldn't conceive of it. And it's like, yeah, people would absolutely believe this thing. That's a weird case. Was of, real. A weird case of determinism, though, isn't it? Because yeah, the people, totally. who, the people who invented the iPad grew up watching Star Trek and wanted wanting that thing. an iPad. <laughs> So they invented they made it real. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a strange thing, that. Let's just hope they that made it so. no one made the aliens uh, a real thing. That, that yeah. would be bad. But no, they made it so. They did. That was a good one. <laughs> um, okay, Liz. Hello. How are you on Battlestar Galactica? <sighs> Which one? The reboot. The newest one? Yeah, the new one. Uh, I'd like to think I'm all right. Okay. So she has seen them all. I have so. seen them all, but I don't want to put any pressure on myself. So yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> How many Cylon hybrid models were revealed over the course of the Battlestar Galactica reboot that ran from 2004 to 2009? Was it eight, ten, twelve, or 147? <laughs> were revealed. How many Cylon hybrid models were revealed? I want to say 12, but that's probably wrong and it's probably 10. Hmm. Or it's possibly the first option. I'm going to go with 12. You're going to go with 12? I'm, I'm go with 12. really glad you did because that's two points. <laughs> that <laughs> is correct. I do recommend anybody who wants to watch it do because it's awesome. It's amazing. It is quite good. good. Yeah. You finally got around to watching it, Reggie. I've started watching it. I'm good. I'm liking what I'm seeing. But I'm, I'm not terribly far into it, so I've got, I've got a long okay. way to go. The first episode of it is awesome, where they are in the spaceship, they're on the run, and that timer's going it's down, like, and they yeah, jump. It's, it's worth it. Do it. Yeah. No, I, I, I absolutely will. Okay. So, back to Hat, and mm-hmm. staying with Battlestar Galactica. Oh, lovely. In the 1978 series Battlestar Galactica... Not lovely. ...which is the <laughs> Battlestar Galactica that I remember... Yeah. Apollo was played by the actor Richard Hatch, who I've met and who is a brilliant bloke. But who did Hatch play in the 2004 reboot? Was it Apollo's father, Admiral Adama, Captain of the Guard, Bill Connell, Robber Baron Felix Zanta, or the political agitator Tom Zarek? Um, oh, I'm... No, he's way too young. Uh, I'm going to go with the Robber Baron. You're going with Robber Baron Felix Zanta? Yeah. Does anybody want to ping in? Ping. I think Liz just pipped that. Liz? 
I want to say, uh, is it Tom Tom Zarek? You're going with political agitator Tom Zarek. Yeah. That's a bonus point. See, I just thought he was too young. For, uh, well, that's me. To be fair, given that he is fantastically old, because he's even older than me. Yeah, right? He looked quite young. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Met him at Sci-Fi Scarborough a couple of years ago. He's he's looking good for his age. Wow, good for yeah. him. Yeah, they may have been Botox. <laughs> Botox. These Hollywood types, they can afford to look young for them. <laughs> okay, Pat, we're back to you. We are. In the 1982 movie E.T., the mother of children Michael, Elliot and Gertie was played by Cindy Williams, Meryl Streep, Dee Wallace or Bernadette Peters. I honestly don't know because this is my big geek shame. I really hate E.T. So, uh... <laughs> Sorry, Aiden, your face is amazing right now. Um, I really, I just, I'm not, it's not my jam at all. I think I'm like precisely the wrong age group for it. I think I just fall into that weird gap of it was be, it was, too, it was kind of you slightly were, too old for me you as a were young not child. Born when ET came out? You yes. fall into that weird gap of being wrong. <laughs> yeah. So basically, my, I, yeah, ET, what? I'm 36. So when did ET come out? Like 80s, 80 82. something. It's 82, yeah, so it's, I'm just in the wrong age group because it, I was, I'm was i too young to like it from seeing it in the cinema and I'm too old to actually like it from seeing it on television because by the time it was on you're TV... Only a, you're only a year just... older than me, so we're actually, the, I would argue, with the perfect age because all those films that came out in the early 80s came onto broadcast television in the late 80s. So when when I was like four, five, six, that's when like Indiana Jones, uh, Back to the Future, E.T. I love the them, but I that's really when Can you all stop being That's when they all BBC One. <laughs> also drew barrymore's performance in it is oh similar, she's adorable so. and tiny yeah but i just i don't know uh it wasn't my jam it really wasn't i love johnny five i loved um all of those films but i, I really didn't like it i'm gonna say bernadette peters okay i'm just gonna say ping. before i tell you whether you're right or not <laughs> I, I did hear your ping um i'm just gonna say et was the first film i ever went to see in the cinema because I wanted to go and see it. That's nice. It was the first film that I wasn't taken to. Oh, I see. It was the first film I made to. my dad take me. Oh, that's cute. To see E.T. I was 10. What was the first film you saw that you were taken to? No, I've been taken to see films before. I've been taken to see Pinocchio and stuff like that. E.T. Yeah. E. was the first movie I ever insisted one of my parents took me to go and see. I was 10 years old. Wow. And e. I. E.T. I remember having a massive strop because neither of my parents wanted to go and sit through E.T. <laughs> and neither of them wanted to take me. And my dad drew the short straw <laughs> and took me. And bald his eyes out. Hated every second of it. Aww. Oh, no. <laughs> E.T. was the first film that I watched the extras on, and from that point <laughs> onwards, I never stopped watching all the extras on films, which is what made me get into things like animation and special effects. Well, there you go. It's so. a very influential movie. It is. Except for, for me. I really hate <laughs> get it. Get out. And actually, <laughs> Do you know what? First, I think I was just traumatised by it on a Saturday afternoon. I think that's what it comes down to. I really hated the tents and the nasty government people and all that stuff. Well, I think right, I was just funny. like... I think it's the wrong age to be like but exposed to those I, horrors. This is, this is a thing that I've only just remembered. But the very first review of any film ever that I ever wrote was a review of E.T., which I wrote in my English lesson 
with Mrs. Wigglesworth at the Edenthorpe Hall First and Middle School when I was 10. That's fabulous. So we all have milestones in our lives for E.T. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, E.T. appears to be a big one. Uh, I so, experienced Hat, remember, I you said, watch it again. Remember what you said. Bernadette uh, Peters. You said, said Bernadette, Bernadette Peters. Peters. And there was a ping. And I was wrong, apparently. And Aiden, you pinged. Yeah. So uh, I, it's I can C, tell you that, D, Hat, Wallace, you lose a point. I've, I've what? lost a point. You've lost yeah. a point because you were wrong. Um, uh-huh. Aiden? It was C, D, Wallace. Is that what you said for C? D something. I did say D, Wallace. And that is correct. You gain a point. Well done. Yes. This is your question. Who is the only human survivor on board the Jupiter mining ship Red Dwarf? Is it Dave Lister? But go on. <laughs> Didn't even get a chance to ping. Yeah, do you know what? Let's just go with Come Dave on Lister. Now. It could have been yeah. Dave Lister or Arnold Rimmer, Rimmer or Freeman Lowell or Arthur Dent, but it wasn't. It was Dave Lister. Of course it was. Yeah. That's two points. But do you know what? As a random thing, I'm going to give 10 bonus points to anyone who can tell me which science fiction film Freeman Lowell was the main character in. Dark Star? Any other bits? No. Nope. Ah, then you're all wrong, and I'm not telling you until later. <laughs> <laughs> Sound of music. No, no, no. Nope. Oh, God, I want that to be true. Totally waiting for the, uh, music, the uh, musicals round. It would have <laughs> yeah, been no. so much better if that was true. <laughs> I'd be totally up for that. Okay, where are we? Liz. Hello. What battle does the spaceship in Firefly get its name from? Is it the Battle of Serenity Creek, the Battle of Serenity Hill, the Battle of Serenity Valley, or the Battle of Serenity Lake? No spoilers, but the ship's called Serenity. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to say Serenity Lake. Does anybody want to ping? Ping. Ah, I think you got it. Hill. Aiden. It's been, it's been a Creek. long time. Creek. There are no brown coats here, then. <laughs> Just oh. you, indeed. Just you. There are three of you and four possible answers. And you picked every single wrong answer. <laughs> what was the first one? The first one was the right answer. What was it? No, the first one was the Battle of Serenity Creek, which was wrong. Oh, okay. The correct answer was the Battle of Serenity Valley. Uh, so, so Liz, I'm sorry, but you've lost a point. I, I mean, that's Firefly fine because about... no one else knew what the answer was either. So, but nobody else knew the answer either. So, shame on all of you. I'm so sorry. It's been a long time. I know what the box art looks like, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> you all. You all need to watch a lot more Firefly. That's all I'm saying. I have actually seen all of it more than once, but for yeah, some reason. Same. But clearly not recently totally. enough. No, <laughs> okay, we are back with Hat. We are. In Planet of the Apes, and we're talking the original, proper oh, okay. Planet of the Apes. What do the apes nickname astronaut George Taylor? Is it Moses? Bright eyes, pale face, or baldy? <laughs> I'm gonna go with bright eyes. And you are correct. Cool. I was just weirdly, annoyingly, I had like the Warship Down song stuck in my head at the same time, and it all felt very wrong. I'm really glad about that uh, because I've had that stuck in my head all day. All oh, right, yeah, I can't That would be the other option. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I hadn't had a ponytail around my head until you just no, said you that. Did. There you Happy go. to be here, mate. 
happy to be here. Thanks, Aiden. Hey, you got some points that time. Yeah. <laughs> is this where I get chucked out of the group? <laughs> on my first, my first guest, first guest, first appearance. I'm out. Um, well, let's just see how you handle this next question, shall we? <laughs> okay. So, Aiden, yes. what is the supercomputer in charge of the program Quantum Leap? Is it Ziggy? <laughs> Does anybody want to ping? Well, give, me the, well, give me the options first, in case I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm only eighty percent sure of that. Uh, is it Hal, Slave, Orac, or the correct answer, which is Ziggy? Ziggy. Yes. <laughs> Two points. So my wife picked up um, on a local forum, and before we moved out of London, she bought every season of Quantum Leap on DVD for £5. Not £5 a piece, £5 for the entire collection. That is and a let's bargain. Say it's lockdown is going to get very geeky. I want to go to that shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think she just bought it off like a random person on like sort of Facebook. It's yeah, it's good, isn't it? Oh boy. <laughs> okay, and Liz. Hello. On Orphan Black. Oh, that was an interesting intake of breath. That was me going, yes, she's watched this one, and then I'm like, oh god, pressure. <laughs> on Orphan Black, the love interest of the dreadlocked clone Casima is called Aldous, Felix, Delphine, or Donny. I believe that would be C, Delphine. Spot on. That's two points. I would have. I would have had to leave the house in shame. If <laughs> it's I true. That it's absolutely true. I, 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 I think Hat would, Hat would never have spoken to you again. I think. <laughs> no. And that would make for a very unfortunate pandemic. <laughs> it really, really would. Very, it would have made lockdown pandemic. really awkward, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I keep calling it quarantine, and I, I know it's not. But yeah. Carry on. Hats go. I believe. Oh, it, it is. It is indeed. Hats go. Is that actress from Orphan Black been in anything since? Because she was amazing in that role. Tatiana yeah, Maslany. Right? Um, I am not one hundred percent sure. What I she's have been not since. seen her in anything else. But yeah, she, she should is be in things. She's great. absolutely stunning. Yeah, phenomenal. Orphan Black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We need to watch that again. Yeah, we do. That we need to do a notes. podcast about Orphan Black at some point. Yes, yes. we do. Uh, very definitely. But not now, because no. now <laughs> I have to ask you. Can, which you of do. the following? Is another name for Daenerys Targaryen. Is she the Breaker of Chains, the Unburnt, the Queen of the Andals, or all of the above? All of the above. She is. He's She's all also those things. the Mother of Dragons for a bonus she, point. She is many things. <laughs> I did try. I tried. She is <laughs> also the, the actor most likely to be, to be nude in season one, but not in any of the other seasons because she rewrote her contract. Thank God, bless oh, that woman. Good. And yeah. and honestly, I'm genuinely impressed by that, to be honest. She, bless her, though. Um, she uh, had had surgery. Uh, she had brain surgery, and she was really suffering uh, very early on, especially with the heat and everything. Like, there's some really... Like, she really she went through it. Yeah, she went through it, making that series. And um, oh. it, there's certain episodes where you look at it and go, that wig is dreadful, and it's because she'd had to have... Mm. What she's done. So, yeah, I, I, I absolutely, my heart goes out to her for going through everything on that set. Bless her. But yes. Agents. Okay. Carrie Fisher is the daughter of which other famous Hollywood actress? Is she the daughter of Shirley MacLaine, Debbie Reynolds, Frances Fisher, or Lillian Gish? Debbie Reynolds. Bottom. That's two points. And so, Liz. No. Yes, yes. Liz. Hello. In Superman. Yeah. Stage, and we're talking about the 1977 Christopher Reeve version. Yes, that one that I've watched loads. Yeah. <laughs> the, the good one, 
that's worth uh, watching. Yeah. Um, in Superman. I think, I've, I think I've caught five minutes of it on ITV. <laughs> yes, carry on. Stagehands had to write the script on the nappy of a baby Lovely. because which actor couldn't be bothered to learn their lines? Was it Christopher Reeve, Gene Hackman, Marlon Brando or Ned Beatty? I'm going to go with, with Gene because it's a great name. So two, Gene Hackman. Bing. Hayden. Marlon Brando. It was. Marlon Brando could not be bothered to learn his lines, so they had to write them on the nappy of the baby that was being the young Kal-El. My uh, wife and I watched uh, The Godfather the other day, and I basically told her that anecdote, because The Godfather was the point at which he crossed over to being an absolute total asshole diva. And there's loads of little stories about that for the rest of his career. It's worth pointing out, he got paid something insane like $7 million for being in 10 minutes of Superman. It was a lot of that, money at the time. Yeah, wow. at the time, that's like insane. And even for that amount of money, he still couldn't be asked to learn his lines. Disgraceful. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not a good look. No, not no. at all. Are you with us, Reggie? Okay, I am with you. I was doing <laughs> counting. Oh, maths. Okay, that's fun. the end of the second round. Okay. And I can tell you that at the end of the second round, Aiden has a very narrow lead with 18 points. Close on his heels with 17 is Hat. <laughs> and not that far behind with eight points is Liz. I mean, it's better than minus one. You've come Apparently. a long way. That's, that's the come... comeback story of the year, frankly. Right? You've come a very, very long way. And now to lose it all. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. Now we're going to do the final round, which is, I'm going to be honest, shamelessly stolen from another podcast. The idea is that you create the perfect superhero movie mashup. Each going to have one shot at this. There will be points awarded. There'll be 15 points for the person who gets the closest. There'll be 10 points for the person who's second point, second closest. And five points for the person who gets third closest, assuming nobody busts. And you bust if you go over 100. What we're going to do is we're going to try and make this perfect superhero mashup. You're going to name me two superhero movies. From the whole of history, the only criteria is they have to have been shown on a UK cinema release. We're going to, you're going to name me the movies. I'm going to look on Rotten Tomatoes, except it's an American site, so I'm going to look on Rotten Tomatoes, and see... What their score is. You've got two movies. The idea is to score 100. If you go over 100, you're out. If you're under 100, whoever's highest gets the points. Are you going on critical score or audience score in Rotten Tomatoes? Um, we are going on audience score. Oh, wow. Oh, that gosh. changes everything. Because otherwise it's too easy. Because the audience score can be a little bit random. Is all I'm saying. It really can. I want you, I'm going to give you a second, just to think of all the superhero movies you you know. Um, we're going to go in the same order. So, Hat. I've tried to pick two really middle-of-the-road Marvel films from mm-hmm. the MCU, because I figured that maybe they... I mean, and also the last two I watched recently. Um, and they kind of... They're kind of meh. 
That's awful. Uh, they're not actually. One of them's half good. One of them's half decent. So I'll let you pick which you think I would think is half decent. Um, I'm going with Ant Man and the Wasp and Doctor Strange. That's okay, my two. Ant Man and the Wasp and Doctor Strange. So Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Starring Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly. Yes. A rollicking good time for all the family. And weirdly pertinent to being in social isolation, stuck in your home. Do you know, I've never seen it. I have. And the beginning of it is something that I think many, many people with children should be attempting to emulate currently with all the Amazon boxes they're accruing, because I think it would be bloody hilarious to watch people trying to do it online. He builds a a massive, like, uh, ant run out of cardboard in the house because he's on house arrest. And they, like, him and his daughter go through this big ant run. And his partner kind of, uh, he moves stuff in and out and makes it like a little adventure. It's cool. It's cute. I will watch it with interest. You should. And then you can build yourself a big ant run to crawl around your house. And Doctor Strange. Have you seen that one, Reggie? I have seen Doctor Strange. Quick question. Why do people like Benedict Cumberbatch so much? What is it about him that people enjoy? That's an interesting question. Because... I'm not that keen, but I know a lot of people really enjoy him, and I, I don't, I don't quite get it. Well, I mean, if he's playing, he's good at playing aloof people like Sherlock and Doctor Strange. He's very well suited to that role. But I know what you mean people, especially certain women, just think he's amazing. But even as someone who can appreciate men, I don't quite get it. He's sort of quite weird looking. No offense to him. Yeah, but like even even like on a non. Like visual aspect, people seem to like really rate him, and I, I, I just can't. I, I just don't get it. You, I think he's not your jam, is he? No. no. I think he's all right. I think he's been lucky mm. in the roles he's been cast in. In that, I first came across Benedict Cucumber, Dingleberry Bumbledock, as Sherlock um, Holmes. There you go. <laughs> and he's brilliant in Sherlock because Sherlock is brilliant, and it's it's there's no it's not. I don't think it's really him that makes Sherlock as brilliant as it is. I think Sherlock is brilliant, and he was in Sherlock, and he looked really good in Sherlock because it was a part designed for him. And I actually don't think he's great in Doctor Strange, to be honest. He's he's not my Stephen Strange. I'm not keen on his American accent at all. I don't it's think anybody's keen on his American accent, to be honest. His American accent's a bit too controlled. There's something odd about it. It's, like, it's not that it's bad, it's just that it's, it's I don't know, it feels... Too constructed. Mm. Yes, those are my two. Um. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so I've got Hat's bid with Ant-Man and the Wasp and Doctor Strange. Aiden. So I'm going to go in the opposite direction. I'm not going to go for two middle-of-the-road ones. I'm going to go for something that I'm pretty sure has got an exceptionally high score and something that's got a pretty exceptionally low score. Okay. Because I'm going to go for Avengers Endgame and Batman and Robin. Oh. <laughs> Do you know I like Batman and Robin? You like it? I, I That came out at a time when I liked going to the cinema and seeing superhero films. You, I <laughs> love you can't, I you can't possibly. It's not allowed. Yeah, I, don't, totally. I don't accept it at all. <laughs> what? Oh, you, you mean you can't accept my answer? Uh, no, I'll take your answer. That's fine. I'll take your oh. answer. But, ooh. Batman and Robin? Liking it. No, not having that. Have you watched it recently? Because I caught a bit of it on TV once. And what's really striking about it is it's one of those films that it cost $100 million to make. And it honestly looks like it cost about $10 million. 
it really fully looks like a t like a terrible TV movie it's with so bad, awful sets and awful yeah. CGI. And if they it's spent, clear that the actors' salaries just ate up the budget, and they didn't have anything left to do anything else with if it. If they spent ten dollars on it, they were robbed. <laughs> you, you, I mean, to be fair, com- coming after Returns, it sucks. But as a forever, forever, not oh, Returns. Forever, oh my god! Which a lot of people slag off for forever. Actually, I, hold on. I have been I've confused. I've been for forever. I, right, okay. I love forever. As a kid, as a teenager, it was the perfect era for me to love Batman, uh, Batman cinematic films. They were great. Um, they were they were fun. Um, Batman Robin is uh, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy, right? That's right. Yes. Which is truly spectacular. And I think that's my reason for liking Batman <laughs> and Robin. Um, the uh, ridiculous... Uh, Sculpted nipples are a special uh, yeah. moment if on, like on those. Handsome, <laughs> if you like ludicrously <laughs> attractive people in tight leather, yeah, it's those massive... body suits are just something else. Oh, on just cigar. don't. Just don't. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> no. It's just the most ridiculous. No. Like, they just basically cast a, a marble sculpture and just glued it on the outside of the actors. It was just, oh, it's excruciating, honestly. But at the time, as a kid, I absolutely loved it. And I have space in my heart for those things that I loved as a child. So I think, to be fair, I'm just too old. But Liz, save us from this madness. Um, okay. I'm going to go with 2003 Hulk, the movie. And quick question, must it be... Uh, Marvel and DC superheroes. Nope. I said any... superhero movies. I didn't. I didn't specify any source. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna say the Last Airbender. Oh, That's interesting. Smart. My What's theory is, well, technically, yeah, because he's the Last Airbender. Am. Okay. And he has superhero powers. He has superpowers. I've, I've got like... to allow it. I've got to allow it. That's it's fine. It's not no. a cave specifically, but it is still he's still got superpowers. If I'm not allowed that, I will choose another one. No, no, no you're totally allowed. That's totally within the rules. Fair enough. Uh, I'm just busy looking stuff up. My theory on this was just go random, so I did. <laughs> and speaking earlier, you were saying about people doing read-throughs and stuff, um, just for a fun, uh, vaguely ang-related thing. Um, the actors from um, The Legend of Korra are doing a live read of Turf Wars, the comic of Korra, um, that continued on from the final series. So that exists, and it will be on the internet at some point, because I saw that they were posting about it on Twitter the other day. So that's kind of cool for anyone that's into um, Legend of Korra and the Airbenders situation and all of that stuff. That was a 2010 movie, I believe, if you're struggling to find it. It is a 2010 movie. Okay, this is fun. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to tell you that at the start of this round, Aiden was in the lead on 18 points. Hat was hot on his heels with 17 points. And Liz was lagging a little bit behind on 8. There are Lagging hopefully. There are 15 points available here for the person with the highest score, 10 for the person with the second highest score, and five for the person with the third highest score, assuming nobody's busted by going over 100. So, Hat, you went for Ant-Man and the Wasp and Doctor Strange. I can tell you that on Rotten Tomatoes, Ant-Man and the Wasp scores 88%. Oh, damn it. (laughs) Doctor Strange 
scores 89%. Ah, oh, Which means damn. you have bust and you I end have. with 17 points. Good. Aiden. How do people like Doctor Strange that much? Like, anyone, please tell me, because good lord. All I can tell you is that they did. Benedict Cumberbatch. And Aiden, <laughs> I can tell you that you went for Avengers Endgame and the Batman and Robin. Good strategy. Endgame, I, you, you were right to go for Batman and Robin, which is a very poor score. Endgame, I think, was a bit too hot for you, though. Endgame scores 94%. Oh, jeez. Fair. It's good. Um, yeah. Batman and Robin scores 11%. Oh, which means you have bust. Just... Oh, and no. so you Just... end. That on... was so good, though. You end on 18 points. Honestly, I'm gutted for you. That was so close. That was, that was <laughs> good shout. Awesome. Liz. <laughs> Hello. You went for the Hulk from 2003. What did it get? Which scored 62%. Okay. Well, and you went lost. for the last airbender. Which was really not well received. Which was very much not well received in <laughs> 2010. And scored 5%, which means you take 15 yeah. points. 5%? Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Which Jeez. means you win with a score of 23. With my outstanding knowledge. That is amazing. So, massive congratulations, Liz. That's, that's hilarious. an absolutely brilliant comeback. <laughs> I'm genuinely really impressed. I, I'm, I'm not sure what I am, but... Thank you. Um, and all that remains is for me to say uh, thank you, Hat. Thank you so much. This has been a delight. Thank you, Reggie. <laughs> it's been an absolute joy. Thank you, Aiden. Thank you for having me. It was good fun. And Liz, you win absolutely nothing, but awesome. you totally got bragging rights. <laughs> Obviously. Thank Fine. you, Reggie. Oh, awesome. you are thank so you welcome. Thank you so much, all of you, for coming. I've had an absolute blast. I'm sorry that I'm not Steve, uh, but I hope you. that you've all enjoyed the quiz. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. It was good fun. You, you, you're an able Steve stand-in. <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, so, uh, we will end that here. Until the next time, be kind to yourselves, be kind to everybody else. Stay at home if you possibly can. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, and we'll see you next time for the next Geeks of the Gates. Thank you for listening to the Geeks of the Gate podcast. us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geeks at the gate or contact us on Twitter at geeks at the gates or contact us by email on mail for geeks at the gates at gmail.com that is the number four not the word geeks at the gates is a production of Venus Rising Media and is proudly made in Yorkshire